Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by 3M, PPG, and Breakthrough Academy. Welcome to the Women in Paint podcast. I am your host, Michael Cheney. I am also the owner of No Drip Painting out of Columbus, Ohio, where we are changing lives through paint. Okay, today we are going to talk about sales. I just recently gave a presentation at the Sherwin-Williams Business Summit here in Columbus, Ohio, and one of the topics we covered you guessed it, sales. And I'll tell you what, people are always asking me about sales, how to get leads. So today I'm going to review with you exactly what we talked about at the business summit last week. Now, the first thing I'll say about sales is I'm going to give some tips and tricks that have worked well for no drip painting. I think we do a fairly good job uh, getting leads and utilizing our resources. Today, I'm really going to focus on, well, I'm going to call them free leads. Uh, it's up to you whether whether you think these are really free, because as we know, uh, most things in life aren't free. And if it doesn't cost money, it's probably going to cost some sweat equity. Uh, but today, I'm going to review this for you and see where this lands with you. If you have any suggestions, please drop them in the comments below. But let's go ahead and get started and see if we can help you turn some leads into uh, eventually sales, but especially where we are kind of heading to the winter months. Uh, if you're in uh, the climate that I'm in, we have an exterior season and we have an interior season and we are surely uh, right on uh, the, the fence of, of going full, full blown interior because the weather here in Ohio is changing. So we're going to talk about how to get leads. And really, this uh, is kind of developed for businesses who are kind of just getting started. Maybe you don't have some uh, systems in place. Maybe you really just need to figure out how to get leads and be able to call on some leads when you need uh, when you really need them. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about is knowing your customer. I got into a conversation with a young man last week at this business summit. And the first thing he said to me is, how can I get leads? You know, I'm a new business. I just don't have many customers. And so my first question is, well, who is your customer? Who are you trying to attract? And he didn't know the answer to that question. And that's okay, because I'm going to maybe give you some ideas on who your customer can be. But let me also say this and kind of uh, preface the conversation with saying that when you first get started, you sometimes don't know who your customer is. You know, when I first got started, it takes it took some navigating and some bobbing and weaving to really land on who our ideal customer is. And I'll kind of talk to you about that as, as this presentation unfolds, but at least start thinking, who do you want to work with? And you really need to kind of pair that with what your skills are. Okay. Um, so who is your customer? Let those wheels start turning. And as you kind of think about that, I'm just going to throw some things out there to you, just some ideas that you can maybe ponder. So 
our, our model here at No Drip Painting, we are kind of a high-end homeowner repaint company. In addition to about 50% of our work is with uh, remodelers or GCs. Uh, now, I would say that if you're just starting out, don't jump into the remodeler GC game. There are certain pain points. And this list of ideas that I've generated, there are going to be pain points with all of those. So let's keep that in mind. But the idea here is to maybe get your wheels turning. Uh, could you potentially work for some of these groups? They are some groups that I have experience with, so I can call out some of those pain points. Uh, let's continue to, to kind of embark on the Remodeler GC group. So that is a viable resource for consistent repeat customers, okay? So with a re the Remodelers who, who we work with, uh, they're repeat clients, right? It's not just usually a one and done job. Uh, it's usually clients that continue to give you repeat business. So it's very common for us to have a remodeler that we've done $100,000 worth of work for this year, two hundred or $300,000 worth of work. Once you kind of establish this relationship, they give you repeat business. And then as you kind of move forward, you can determine, you know, how do I get more business from them? We, we really like working with them. They have great systems and processes. Then you can start, start exploring some strategies. But I will also say is that there are some pain points, right? When you work with general contractors, I mean, one of our, you know, things that, that one of the things that we've learned with over the years is not everybody is a fit for us. You have to be established. You have to be uh, in a situation where you develop processes, right? You have to be able to afford the painting. You don't, you know, we, we kind of have a strict rule. We don't work with new contractors. Uh, you know, we review them. We look at their Facebook review uh, or check out their customer reviews, look at their website. They have to be established. So there's certain pain points. The great thing about remodelers and GCs though, you can look them up online do some research. You can walk right into their office, which I've done many times over the years. You can also figure out what networking groups they go to. NARI is an excellent networking group to meet other remodelers uh, that hopefully have the same values and goals as you do. So remodelers and GCs, real estate agents. Now, my experience in working with real estate agents is they want things right away, right? Uh, they call you on a Wednesday and say the house needs to be painted by Friday because the, the, the homeowners are moving in on Saturday. That's not a fit for everyone. However, real estate agents generally, once you start working with them, they give you repeat business. So if you can figure out how to uh, you know, work with them and meet their crazy timelines, then it's often repeat business. But again, there's pain points that come with that. Same with investors or flippers. Now, I already mentioned that No Drip Painting is more of a high-end uh, you know, painting company. So a lot of flippers who just want cheap, quick labor, that's not a fit for us. However, we are starting to discover some in our area that do appreciate quality. Uh, sometimes that's because they've been uh, burnt by painters in the past and they are now realizing that, you know, painting can either make or break your project. We know it's a, an amazing craft to be part of, but not everybody sees it as that. And sometimes folks have to learn the hard way. So investors can provide good opportunity and repeat business. Again, they just have to align with your model. Multi-unit property management. Now, if you are new to the painting world, I wouldn't necessarily suggest getting into these uh, type of projects. If you don't have experience, there's a low price point. 
and it can also be a bit demanding. So sometimes, you know, they do want things done last minute or they will provide you a schedule ahead of time that you have to try and meet those deadlines. For us, we do some property management. Now, it doesn't necessarily fall into that high-end category I was talking about, but what property management does for us is it does give us some volume, okay, and it also provides us some winter work. So we have found that doing some multi-unit property management, if you get a good relationship and you can really kind of talk about pricing, make sure it works for you, make sure it works for the company you're working for, it can be a successful relationship window companies. This might not be one that you've thought of. Again, I would approach with caution because if you don't have a lot of experience painting windows and understanding the price point, well, it can it can bite you. There's a whole process we have. We actually do a lot of windows. We have some companies that ship us windows. We refinish them in our shop and then we ship them back out. Really, it can be a whole business in its own, but you could start small. So you could do some window, window painting for those remodelers or GCs, uh, some window companies. You know, if they've got last minute items that need painted, you have to understand a process and probably develop your own process with SOP with an SOP and quality is king. Uh, as well as remodelers, qualities king, window, the window companies. I mean, they really want a factory finish. So if it's a little outside the scope of your skill set currently, you could work towards that. But those are a few, uh, five actually, ideas to maybe start thinking about who your residential client is. And then, of course, there's the good old fashioned repaints. Now, I will say about repaints, it's a little bit more difficult to get in front of those customers unless you're starting to build up a, a great uh, word of mouth referral system. OK, you know, it's hard to get in front of the homeowner that doesn't know who you are. Uh, so just kind of keep that in mind as you're trying to fold in maybe some new customers or really, really narrow down who your current customer base is. Okay, moving on to commercial. So GCs are another one. So I would say that if you don't have experience in the commercial world and you're wanting experience, go to some of the smaller GCs. For example, in the Columbus area where I am, there's a GC we work with and they do a lot of breweries. Uh, as you know, probably if you're in the United States that the brewery industry has just taken off and this particular contractor somehow kind of got into this niche market of doing breweries. Now, a lot of them are new builds or build outs, and we have had the skill set to do that. So we kind of approached this contractor. They're smaller. They're not taking on huge, you know, big jobs, uh, but it was a good fit for us. And again, because you can look these folks up online, you can do some research, do your due diligence and make sure it's a company that maybe aligns with your values and is established. But GCs in the commercial space is another one. So you don't have to go to these big companies. You can find these smaller outfits that can uh, produce, produce some work for you. Uh, back to real estate agents again. Commercial real estate agents—it's a—you know—it's a whole thing in itself. So that's a great way to tiptoe into some commercial spaces because uh, a lot of times it's repaints. And if you can do, you know, your residential repaints and transitioning into commercial. Uh, you know, working with a real estate agent is a great way to do that. I'll kind of segue that right into doctor and dentist offices or any sort of offices like that, that really fall in the repaint category, 
but give you some experience in the commercial world. You know, in the commercial world, there are different pain points. For example, if you're working in an occupied uh, office, well, you've got to navigate. Is this after hours? Is this on the weekend? Uh, is there a price difference for that, right? You can charge a premium for after hours and weekend work. So uh, those doctor and dentist offices, if you want to navigate into the commercial space, keep those in mind. And then I'll also throw restaurants in there. We've done a fair share of restaurants and really it's just been by happenstance. Uh, but I just want to kind of preface our conversation on how to get leads with some of these ideas. But the real point here is who is your customer and you've really got to nail down that answer. So then you know where they're located and you know how to try and find them. Okay, so let's talk about current customers. Now, remember, I started this conversation off by saying, you know, we're going to talk about some free ways to get customers. We're not talking about marketing and all of that, although that is a certain uh, sector of getting, uh, you know, leads. And I really would put that in the category of, you know, you're a little more advanced. You've got some money in the bank. You're probably definitely over the million dollar, maybe even the $2 million mark Mar using a marketing company to get leads. If you partner with a, the right marketing company, it can be awesome and turn, turn leads, you know, into you left and right. But there's also some pain points about that. You're not getting the same type of customers and, and selling them can be a little bit more difficult. So we're talking about the free or the sweat equity leads, and we're, we're going to discuss current customers. So I would encourage you to get some sort of door hanger process. Now, uh, a door hanger, now it does cost cost some money, right? But it can be done uh, on an affordable in an affordable way. But the idea behind a door hanger is that you're already in a neighborhood, right? You've got a project over here at Mrs. Smith's house. And now what you want to do is let Mrs. Smith's neighbors know, hey, here we are. Your neighbor, Mrs. Smith, trusts us. You can trust us too. So, you know, you're, you're just kind of marketing to the customers in the neighborhood. Now, the logistics of that are what you need to work out. An idea for that or what I mean by the logistics is, okay, you've got the door hangers. Now, who's going to walk the neighborhood and put those door hangers on the actual doorknob? That's the logistical piece that you need to consider. You could have your most junior painter do it, right? You've got maybe an apprentice or someone just starting and their role can be the moment they show up to that project, they've got the door hangers and you tell them, hey, I want 10 door hangers on this side of the street and 10 on the other side of the street or however you want to navigate that. You could have the whole team go do it, right? Now, keep in mind, if you pay your folks hourly, there's your cost, right? You've got some sweat equity, but you do have a little bit of cost here, but it could be well worth it. Now, if you use subcontractors and you have a whole subcontractor model, how should that work? Well, you're not paying them hourly. They're probably not going to lose out on the production time. So you might have to kind of strike up a deal with them or bargain with them and say, hey, listen, any leads we get in this neighborhood, I'll make sure you're doing the job, you know, you explain why you're doing it. Hey, it's winter time. We're really looking for interior work. And I'll promise you that any sort of response we get from these door hangers, we'll make sure that we partner with you on the project. And then it can kind of become this team effort. So there's an option for you. We often will have uh, the girl that's in our office that answers the phone call. She'll transfer the calls to her cell phone for an hour and go do some door hangers for us. Okay. So uh, there you go on door hangers, referrals. You know, one thing that we 
can gain the confidence in doing as business owners is just simply asking for the referral. I think that this is just a missed opportunity by just going to your current customers and say, hey, listen, I hope that you love the work that we we've done for you. You know, we've enjoyed partnering with you. We're we're, you know, on the coattails of our interior season because the weather's changing. Would you keep us in mind and maybe refer us to your friends or family? Right. That's all you have to do. You just have to ask for it. Last but not least, when that current customer does refer you, make sure you appreciate them for the lead. That can look several different ways. It can look like a handwritten thank you card that says, hey, you know, we really appreciate you helping us grow our business. Thank you so much for that lead. If you want to, you know, drop a $5 Starbucks gift card in there. Although I don't know if there's anything at Starbucks you can get nowadays for five bucks, but you get the idea. Show some appreciation, give them a phone call, do something to follow up once you know that your customer turned a lead in for you. All right, past customers. This is also one of those things that can virtually be free. It just takes time. So my first uh, you know, awareness to this is that the goal is to stay top of mind with your past customers. So here's an example. So uh, someone pulls up to Mrs. Smith's house. Maybe it's a friend or family member and they pull up and they say, oh my gosh, your house looks amazing. This paint job, uh, you know, I love the colors you, you chose. Who painted your house? And Mrs. Smith says, you know what? I can't remember, but boy, they, they were good. They were so polite. They, you know, they picked out these colors with me and, and they were just the best team ever. And, you know, I, I can't remember their name, but I'll look it up and send it to you. Well, if you've ever been in that situation, it, you know, you probably have great intentions of looking something up and sending it later, but the chances of that happening are slim. So in that example, the painter did not stay top of mind with Mrs. Smith. Here's what you want. You want that same friend or family member to pull up to that house, love what they see. And then you want Mrs. Smith to say, I had the best painting company, no drip painting. You know what? They just sent me a thank you card last week and they sent me several business cards. So I'm going to give you a business card. Let me go grab one. Or they're going to say something like, you know what? I can't quite remember the name of that company, but you know what? They put their label, their business label on each one of my cans before they left and organized a whole touch-up kit for me. Let me run down there and take a picture of it, right? You can do things to stay top of mind and that's what you want so that when Mrs. Smith has the opportunity to refer no drip painting, she knows exactly who they are or knows how to get the information quickly, okay? Now, uh, reaching out on a regular basis through email, text, or calling. This again, the idea is staying top of mind. Let me give you some practical things you can do. So at Nodrip Painting, we, we use Estimate Rocket for our estimating platform. There are many great platforms. Whatever you use, you might already know this, but the question is, do they have a, an email component that you can pre-schedule emails, meaning you can create an email now, but you can send it tomorrow or next week or whenever the heck you want. But if that function is available, you can easily do this from your estimating program. Now, if for some reason you don't have that capability, or maybe you know you're just at a point in your business where you haven't 
actually been able to bring on an estimating platform. I get it. I was there. Maybe you can't afford the 7,500 bucks a month. That's totally fine. You could also use your email program that you currently use, which often can pre-schedule emails. So here's the idea. Imagine this. You, um, you know, you paint for Mrs. Smith and then you go ahead and pre-schedule some more emails to take place. There was a time I tested this out. And what I did was I took about 50 customers and I went in there and I pre-scheduled an email for a year later. Okay. And this year later email. So let's just pretend we, you know, completed their project uh, October 1st. I went ahead and scheduled, pre-scheduled on October 1st, the next year, 2024, I pre-scheduled an email. And the email said something like this. Hey, so-and-so, I can't believe it's been a year since we painted the exterior of your house. I just want to send you a quick email to see if there's anything else we can do for you. Oh, and by the way, we also do interior painting and cabinets and live wash in case you didn't know that. I hope all is well and I hope you and your family are having a great fall, right? You could pre-schedule that. I did this with about 50 customers. A year later, I started getting these emails. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for your email. It's so great hearing from you. And I'm like, what email? And they're like, you know what? We do want to schedule an estimate. We do need some interior painting. Or I'm, you know, I'm going to forward this on to my friend. My friend is going to reach out. They need some painting. I pre-scheduled that. actually forgot about it. And then a year later, started getting these emails. And I was like, okay it worked on some level, right? Now, when I pre-scheduled them, it only took me a minute or two, right? You can create a template. You don't have to even, uh, you know, make it all that unique. Although I will say the personal touch is always a great uh, uh, benefit and will, I think, get you further. But you can pre-schedule those things, right? You can imagine having one scheduled for every three months or what have you based on the season, based on maybe an offering you might be able to predict ahead of time. The point is, is get that started. And my pro tip is to automate that process, right? That's where the sweat equity comes in. This doesn't take money, but it does take time. You can do the same things with texting or calling, you know, once a week call customers that you work for, you know, in quarter two, just start a list in quarter, uh, you know, four, call on customers that you worked with in quarter three. So that's how you market to past clients in a way that doesn't really cost money. And last but not least, you still can ask for referrals. It's really part of what you just need to incorporate into your closeout process. Okay, networking groups. So as we talk about networking groups and the power of them, I also just want to share my pro tip is that you do have to fully participate. And as I build this out, you'll understand the importance. But really, these groups want you to participate. And the way that they see your value in the group is whether you're participating or not. So we'll talk about uh, BNI and AM Spirit. They have these all over the country. And essentially, the idea behind these groups is you're in a room with other either business owners or companies that want leads. Say you're in a group with 15 to 20 people. The purpose of all the 15 to 20 people is to get each other referrals. OK, this is uh, what I'm talking about when I said you have to fully participate. These group 
these groups track most of their metrics. Okay. So if you're not giving referrals or receiving referrals, they're tracking that. And if you are not giving the referrals, they're going to start questioning kind of your value in the group. So you have to really participate and try to get folks referrals. Uh, but that's, it's, it's a great thing because when you start giving referrals, people are also going to give them to you. Uh, there's that piece of it. And then the other thing I want to say about BNI and Amspira in particular, uh, attendance is really important. They, you know, they often meet once a week on the same day every week, and it is a commitment. Uh, now there is a, there's a cost. So I'm going to say it, it, it's rather small, but there is a cost, but the real cost is your time. The other thing that being a part of these groups does, at least it has done for us, is that when you meet other people in these groups, you really start to build out your network of other businesses. So for example, I've been in um, an Amsterdam and BNI group where there might be someone in there that does roofs, roofing, right? And a lot of times when folks do roofing, they also do a lot of repairs. And uh, so if a, a current customer of mine says, hey, you know, we really need an estimate for our new roof, you know, we're ready to tackle that in the spring. Do you know anybody? Well, I've been going to Amspirit or BNI meetings on a weekly basis for the last year with this roofing company. I trust them. They have similar values as I do. I know they're going to do a great job. And so now I can go to my customer and say, hey, you know what? This roofing company is amazing. I've spent an entire year having breakfast or lunch with this company on a weekly basis. I absolutely recommend them. They are top notch. When you give that type of glowing recommendation to a customer, that is, that's a warm lead. That's what we call warm lead, right? So the chances of that customer, your customer using that company is very high. You want others in that group to do the same thing, right? So it gives uh, even you as a business owner the opportunity to kind of be the hero and say, yeah, I've got this amazing roofing company or flooring company. They do great work. Uh, reach out to them. I know they're going to take care of you. That's kind of the side effect of what these groups can do for you. Same with Chamber of Commerce and realtor groups. Oh my goodness. Real estate groups happen. It feels like every single day on the hour, all day long, they are plentiful. I mean, we know there are a million real estate agents in our country and you can literally find a realtor group any time. And they welcome outside folks like painters, folks that, that do repairs, you know, all the things that, that real estate agents can also refer to their customers. So if, if being uh, in the, you know, in the category of real, real estate agents and you want to find a way to work with them, you definitely need to be hitting up the realtor groups. It's a no brainer. All right, moving on. Social media, if you're like me, you've got a love-hate relationship with it. But as a business owner, I have certainly uh, recognized the importance of it. So if you're just getting started and maybe you don't even have a website yet, social media can fill that gap, right? Uh, by social media, I'm talking about Instagram, Facebook, even Twitter. You know, there's, there's other platforms out there. But if your intention is to get leads these uh, platforms can at least create a landing page for you, especially if you don't have a website. Now, it allows potential customers to find you. Uh, let me give you a secret. If you can get into some Facebook groups, 
it can really be a great referral source for you. What I mean by Facebook groups is that most communities nowadays have a Facebook group, right? Uh, whether, you know, the city you live in, Grove City uh, Connect is, is a local one we have. And it's all the residents in that area kind of participate in the Facebook group. There's two ways that I can think of off the top of my head that you can use those groups. The first is keep an eye on the group for when folks ask for painters. Hey, it's, you know, it's common for someone to post in these groups. Hey, do you know a good painter? And you can then respond and tag your business if you're on Facebook. You'll also find other members in there that are possibly referring you, right? So when someone asks the question, if you can then get generate several responses, well, it gives some immediate credibility in the Facebook world, right? And then the other piece that is super important, but a little more difficult to achieve is that you have community members on their own referring your company. So when someone asks that question, do you know a reliable painter? Not only is it just you chiming in to, uh, you know, promote your own business, but you've got past clients in there that are now saying, hey, I used no drip painting. They did a fantastic job. They're female owned, right? You can see the power of that. That's huge to get those other supporters in the group uh, commenting on your business. The other thing social media can do, and this is a big one, is it communicates who you are, your values the customers you want to attract, right? We just mentioned and kind of took an in-depth dive on knowing your market and what that looks like. Well, social media is the way in which you can do that. You can do that with your stories, right? You can do that with your posts, jump on there, make videos, what have you, but it communicates who you are, which can also do the added benefit of eliminating people who don't meet your values, right? Uh, so that's kind of a big one there. Uh, last but not least, how to get leads, Google reviews are key. So uh, on that note of Google reviews, if you don't have a Google business page, it's kind of essential that you have one. Look it up. They're easy to create. You can post pictures. You can really uh, generate some activity on there. And when you do, Google ranks that and Google sees that as being val very valuable because they see you as being, uh, you know, a, a source that uh, like when you get these Google re reviews, it's not just your opinion, it's the opinion of others. And Google finds that to be extremely important and will affect how they rank you. Uh, when it comes to social media, my pro tip for you is be consistent and schedule these things ahead of time. So uh, social media in itself can, can seem like a bear, right? I mean, there's whole, you know, some people's job is just to run social media. It's a big one, but you can break it down and make it manageable, especially if you use a program that will pre-schedule things. So the example on that is there's a program called Later. Hootsuite is another one. You can pre-schedule some things on Facebook and I believe even Instagram. I find using these third-party uh, platforms. And by the way, a lot of them are free. If you're only doing a certain amount of social media scheduling, they can be free. But what it allows you to do is schedule time on your calendar and say, okay, you know, every uh, third Tuesday, I am going to schedule two hours and I'm going to do all of my social media, right? 
Maybe your goal is to, to put a post twice a week while you sit down, you know, about two hours a month and you schedule that for the whole month. That's the power of using one of these programs. It's you don't have to do this all real time. Uh, stories are a little bit more difficult. So stories, uh, although they're free, uh, they're a little bit more difficult because you, there aren't the best platforms yet to schedule them. They often have to be a little more in real time. Uh, the last thing I'll say about social media is if it seems too overwhelming, just pick one platform, right? You don't have to use all of them. Pick one and then come up with something that feels manageable. If you can only post once a week and it's every Wednesday, then start doing that. Okay. If you have the capacity to do more, then, then venture on to do more, but don't, you know, you don't have to use every single platform out there. You can start with one. And once you perfect that and you learn some things, then you can move on to something else. All right. Well, that wraps up the show today on how to get leads. Uh, please feel free to comment, send some ideas my way, and I can incorporate them next time or the next time I go to a business summit, I will surely check the comments. So outside of that, I hope that everyone gets to apply these leads, uh, stays busy and keep professionalizing this industry that we all know and love. Until next time, folks, keep painting and I will see you later. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.